Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Desperate for Dame and his Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Canty, what is up, my man? How was your weekend? The weekend was outstanding. Got on the grill a couple of times. Big fella, we got to talk about my grilling situation because I feel like I owe the people out there that use gas to grill an apology. Wow. I, I have to do a mea culpa. We'll get that into it a, a little major bit later. Shift but in philosophy. Yeah, this is a 180 degree turn for you, for your boy right here. I got to apologize to those folks. I, I, uh, I had some cooking adventures of my own this weekend that we will share. All of a sudden, I think I'm the, be- I'm the, I'm the bear. I'm Carmi all of a sudden <laughs> in the kitchen because I can try to make something happen. But, Kennedy, we have got so much NBA free agency to get to, including Dame Dollar. Here we go. Only one place to start. Damon Lillard wants to play for the Miami Heat. He has told the Blazers that. But he does not have a no-trade clause in the way that Bradley Beal did. He does not get the control where he goes next. And if that's what Dame really wants, I think that's the best spot for him. It may be the best spot for Dame, but it doesn't mean that it's the best situation for the Portland Trail Blazers. And can't he look, Dame Lillard in a Miami Heat uniform would be absolutely electric. He would immediately make the Miami Heat the... Top team in the Eastern Conference, in my estimation. But they have to be desperate to get this done. But other teams are going to be desperate to get this done. And desperation is really what's going to rule the day here. It feels like this is going to be a knockdown, drag-out fight for who's going to be able to land Dame Lillard. And for me, if the Philadelphia 76ers aren't doing everything they possibly can to land Lillard there... It is franchise malpractice on the part of Daryl Morey. Oh, that there's no question about it. You have to be able to maximize Joel Embiid's prime, and anything not named Embiid, you'd be willing to trade if you're Philadelphia. Now, I know that there are some things that they're putting out there in the ether, but I think that's all smoke as a prelude to them being able to put together their best offer in order to try to get the all-NBA point guard from the Blazers. To me, this is a no-brainer. You have to find a way to be able to go after that guy while simultaneously trying to move James Harden and Tobias Harris as well because I think that's the pathway to fielding the most competitive team in 2023 and beyond. But, yeah, for Philadelphia, you just got a break this weekend where Damian Lillard and his representation said that they wanted a trade because now you you have a player – that can make you the best team in the Eastern Conference if you're able to acquire them. Look, if you are the Sixers, nothing really can keep you from doing this other than trading and beat, and that's obviously not happening. No. I mean, they have James Harden that they have to deal with here, that they're going to be shipping somewhere. And whether this is a three-team, a four-team deal, there can't be anything that's going to hung, uh, hang this up. And what's surprising is, you listen to Wendy on the Hoop Collective, there is something that can hold it up from a Philadelphia standpoint. Sixers are wanting to be known is that they are not going to trade Tyrese Maxey. They have made this clear to various people over the recent days. They are also not going to extend his contract. They want you to know that you can't have Tyrese Maxey. Prime Michael Jordan is available. Don't call. 25-year-old LeBron James is available. Lose our number. Jonathan Tenacumpo says, I want to be a Sixer. If Tyrese Maxey is the ass, just keep walking. Tyrese Maxey, I have been assured, will not be traded, okay? Now, normally, I look at that and I think it's a team 
that is just trying to make sure that they are building as much of a market for that player as they can. But, I mean, even listen to Wendy in the background, you can hear the, you know, he is absolutely locking it down, smacking the table, saying it's not going to happen. And it makes me think, if that's really true, then the Sixers are costing themselves uh, an opportunity to land this player who is not about potential. It's about what he is right now. And what he is is the perfect complement to Joel Embiid. And what he does is he puts the Sixers in a situation where next year they don't lose that series to the Boston Celtics and they go to the NBA Finals. Well, the question around Tyrese Maxey is, can he be a number two on a championship contending team? Can he be a number two on a championship contending team now? That's a question. And if the and if the answer is no, yep. then this is a no-brainer. Like I, I hear what Wendy is talking about in terms of the front that the Sixers are putting up, but it's just that. It's a front. Okay? That, that's what they're trying to build up as much of a market as they possibly can. So when they eventually decide that they are willing to part ways with Tyrese Maxey, it might seem more enticing to the Blazers. But if you got any front office executive worth their salt with Portland, they're going to read right through that. Because if you're the Sixers and you're serious about getting Damian Lillard, if you're not going to include Tyrese Maxey in a deal, how else are you going to do it? How else does it happen? It yeah. doesn't. Like, like the only thing that you would be able to put in the deal if you're the Sixers is that 2029 first round draft pick? <laughs> that, that that ain't going to be able to get it done. That ain't enough. Tobias Harris expiring contract ain't enough. They have no use for James Harden. They got enough guards in Portland. So what are you giving up of consequence that makes it worth their while with the Blazers? Nothing. And especially when you compare it to what the Miami Heat could potentially put together a package that would include Tyler Hero, who's 23 years old, a package that could include Duncan Robinson or Kyle Lowry, spiring contracts, a, 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 a package that could include a 2024, a 2028, and a 2030 first-round draft pick, not to mention the pick swaps. Like, what, what Miami could put together blows any deal that Philadelphia could put together out of the water unless Philadelphia is willing to include Tyrese Maxey. And that, that to me, is where the conversation begins and ends in terms of Philly's you know, prospects of being able to lame, land Damian Lillard. Like, if they're not going to include Tyrese Maxey, they're not going to get Damian Lillard. But my thing with Philly is you can't be half pregnant. Are, are you trying to win a championship with Embiid? Or are, try, are you trying to hedge with Embiid now and then having a guy that can grow into a star in Tyrese Maxey in the next four or five years? I, I just don't think you can have it both ways. If you're trying to win a championship now, Damian Lillard as your second best player gives you a better pathway to doing that than Tyrese Maxey. And that's why that should be a trade that Daryl Morey and Nick Nurse should be willing to make. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on Sirius XM Channel 80. As you pointed out, it's at the very beginning of that discussion right there. It's the question about Tyrese Maxey. It's not the question about Dame Lillard. This, the Sixers, as you say, when you say they're not, they can't approach this as being half pregnant. They could very easily, Chris, a year and a half from now, find themselves back at the beginning all over again, and that is a place they cannot be. They cannot allow themselves to 
take massive steps back and go into a rebuild after all of this, which is really the last, at that point, it'll be the last 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 years. We're about getting to a certain point, and you can't get over the hump and get to uh, beyond a conference final, or you can't get to a conference final. That would be tough to take. And I don't know how you, I mean, pot committed doesn't even begin to cover it, right? No. No, it, it, it really doesn't. Like, what are you supposed to do in in improving that team, improving to your superstar, who might be the only guy who could be kryptonite to, to Jokic, might be the only guy that somehow we are not going to go and make that move because we think this guy is that guy, it's, as opposed to we know the other guy is it. I, it it blows my mind, and then what'll make it even worse, Chris, is watching the Heat pass you, because that's mm-hmm. a, the Heat will not just pass you, as you put it, they will boat race you, and it's going to be a, a long few years in Philadelphia. Basically, you're going back to square one because at the beginning of next year, you're going to find James, or you're going to find Joel Embiid wanting to be somewhere else. No, no doubt, and that's what it comes to, right? Because if you don't make a significant move, if you're Philly then eventually the other shoe is going to drop, and that being Joel Embiid requesting a trade because he doesn't want to waste the prime of his career. And, big fella, I'm not trying to wish ill on anybody, but looking at what Embiid has done the last couple of years, leading the league in scoring, playing 65-plus games, how much more tread do we think Embiid has? How much more runway do we think he has playing at this level, playing in as many games as he has? More than a fair question. As a a big man – at some point, you're going to have to deal with injuries, and this is the guy that came into the league with injuries. I'm not saying that it's imminent, but I'm just asking how many more seasons are you going to have prime Embiid where you're not dealing with an injury concern from the MVP? Well, I, I, I don't know, and I guess that unknown should create more urgency with the Sixers to be able to get this done because if you don't get Damian Lillard, you're not going to be able to keep pace with what the Boston Celtics are doing, what the Milwaukee Bucks did this weekend by being yeah. able to retain their own. Hell, what the Miami Heat did. And the thing about the Miami Heat, the irony with the Miami Heat, not only could they get Damian Lillard and compete for a championship with him, but they also would be competing for a championship with a guy that you jettisoned several seasons ago in Jimmy Butler because you wanted to get the most out of, quote-unquote, get the most out of Ben Simmons. Think about that. Two guys that you could have had on your roster in Jimmy Butler and Damian Lillard, if Miami gets him, they would be competing and probably winning a championship while your MVP from this past season wants out of Philadelphia. Every decision that they have made along those lines, like to your point, opt, opted to go with Simmons over Butler. Simmons is gone. Opted to go with Harden over Simmons. Now Harden wants out. Like you you keep really minimizing all of your assets. How long can you continue to do that? You just, you can't. You can't anymore. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. We're in for Greeny. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. What team should be the most desperate for Dame Lillard right now? 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Get on the lines. Is it the Heat? Is it the Philadelphia 76ers, is it somebody else? Is it the Clippers? Is it the Celtics even? 
Who needs to be the most desperate to try to land him? That is on the way. In addition, in just moments, the Sixers, in trying to get Lillard while shipping off James Harden in one fell swoop, is it just going to be that easy? We get answers from someone who spent a lot of time around the Sixers, one of our insiders, next. It's Canty and Carlin in for Grinny on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Greeny, the podcast. Well, it's official. He wants out. Now, where will he go? It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive Insurance offers 24-7 protection when you bundle home, auto, and motorcycle. Learn more at Progressive.com. So for more on Dame and everything that happened in the first weekend of NBA free agency, we welcome in the great Tim Bontemps, ESPN NBA writer. You can follow him on Twitter, at Tim Bontemps. And, of course, he's on the Hoop Collective podcast as well, along with Wendy and Tim McMahon. And let's just start here, uh, Tim, with, uh, with Dame Lillard finally uh, wanting to be traded officially and asking for the trade. Were you surprised that it came as early as it did? What was your initial reaction to us finally finding out that he was going to step forward and ask out? No, Colin, I wasn't surprised at all because if you look at the way this played out, right, what was Dame saying the whole time? I'm going to wait and see what Portland could do in free agency. And by the time this came down, you know, at noon on Saturday, the vast majority of free agency was over. Right. And all Portland had done is keep Jeremy Grant. Like there wasn't a path for the Blazers to get materially better this offseason at that point. And so then he made the trade request. Now you could say 
this was not a logical outcome to think Portland was going to get better in the first place, but that was consistently the position Dame has taken since the end of the season. And to his credit, I would say he let things play out to the point where he could see that the roster was generally going to be the same thing, just with another couple of young players on it. And there wasn't really a path for Portland to contend. And then he said, all right, it's time for me to get out of here. So I think he's been consistent all the way through. And frankly, I think Portland has been consistent all the way through. I don't think they didn't try to get better players to try to win right now, but at the same time, you get a chance to draft Scoot Henderson in the draft. It doesn't make a lot of sense to trade him unless you're getting a massive haul in return. So I think both sides have done sort of what they should have up to this point, and now it's just a matter of figuring out where Dame is going to go next. Tim, one of the teams that is believed to make a serious play for Lillard this offseason is the Philadelphia 76ers, but our very own Brian Windhorst said that Daryl Morey is letting it be known that he's not parting company with Tyrese Maxey, so don't even ask. In all seriousness, can the Sixers put together a package to trade for Damian Lillard that would be competitive without including Tyrese Maxey? No, and Ramona Shelburne actually first reported that on Friday. And look, I think at this point everybody's negotiating, right? Like the Sixers are negotiating, Miami's negotiating, the Blazers are negotiating, everybody's negotiating. So it doesn't make sense to necessarily say we're going to trade everything for Dame right now, right? But if push comes to shove and the, the Sixers have a chance to get Dame and it comes down to trading Tyrese Maxey or not, I'm pretty sure they'll end up getting the job done in the end. Um, but right now, everything's a negotiation. You've got two of the most creative front offices in the league, led by Daryl Morey and Elton Brand in Philly, and Andy Ellsberg and Pat Riley in Miami, that are certainly going to try every which way to figure out a way to get this deal done, you would think. And it's going to be complicated because neither team has a clean package to get this done. Um, but I think in the end, one of them is going to find a way to do it because I just don't think there's going to be a huge line of suitors for a 33-year-old point guard that is owed $200 million in a league where, as you guys both know, just about every team already has a point guard on their roster. It's a deep. It's probably the deepest position in the league right now. So you put all that together, you put the fact that if you're trading for Dame, you need to try to win now, um, you put all that on the table, I think there's really only two logical fits for him to wind up, and now it's just a matter of one of them getting a deal on the table that Portland feels good enough about to take. Tim Bontemps, ESPN NBA writer. Tim, which of those two teams should be more desperate to get it done? It might seem like a cop-out answer, but I think they're both in the same spot. Like, you look at you look at Miami. Yes, they just made the finals this year, but Jimmy Butler's in his mid-30s, right? There's a limited window where he's going to be good enough to be a core player on a championship-caliber team, especially with the way he plays, right? He's already getting banged up a lot. He's a super physical player. Um, you know, there's a shelf life on how long I think it's fair to reasonably expect him to be as good a player as he's been. Um, and then you've got Philly with Joel Embiid. I mean, again, this is a guy who's missed a bunch of time with injuries. Is you know he's got several years left on his contract, but you know if the Sixers keep failing to advance in the playoffs at some point, Embiid might say, "Hey, is this the best spot for me long term?" So, like I said, I I don't th- I don't think it's really a cop out answer to say that. Both these teams are well-positioned where if they add Dame, you can make them one of the two or three or four favorites to win the title. And they're also in a position where both of them need to make this kind of move to take advantage of what could be a potentially fairly small window for contention. So 
it, it, it all makes for what could be a pretty compelling drama to play out here, see which of them is able to get this done. Or if like last year with the Cleveland Cavaliers, when the New York Knicks were just expected to get Donovan Mitchell, somebody swoops in at the last second and makes a move to get a deal done instead. Tim, as the resident Lakers fan on this show, I'm obligated to ask you a question about my team out in L.A., but what did you make about what they did this weekend in free agency, and is it enough for them to be more competitive than what we saw against the Denver Nuggets in the playoffs this past year? I didn't – I don't think so, really, Kenny. Like, they had a fine weekend. I don't think it was great. I've been sort of confused by the reaction to it. Um Look, like Gabe Vincent's a fine player. He also is a career 33% three-point shooter, basically the same number as Dennis Schroeder, and is a similar player to Dennis Schroeder. But, like, they didn't really upgrade there. They re-signed D'Angelo Russell, who struggled against Denver, obviously, in the conference finals. They paid Rui Hachimura $17 million a year when he ha- he just had the greatest six weeks of his career in the playoffs. And before that was a career, you know, he shot 32%, I think, from three last season. He's a career 33, 34% shooter, shot 50% from three in the playoffs. I think they probably bought high on him. Like, they they had a fine, like, they kept his group together, which obviously had success after the trade deadline. But to me, I'm looking at it as, and I, I know as a Laker fan, you're looking at it too, like, the Lakers aren't just trying to be a good team, right? The Lakers are trying to win championships. And did this weekend really get them any closer to being the best team in the West? I don't think so. I mean, I don't think they did anything crazy bad either. But, you know, like the Austin Reeves contract was good. Um, you know, getting him on a four-year deal I think is a great move for them. But I just don't know if they really increased their championship equity this weekend. And to me, coming into the off season, that would have been my number one goal if I was a Laker. If I was the Lakers, how can I get materially closer? to win in a championship. And I think as we saw with how big a gap there was between them and Denver in the conference finals, I just don't know if they did that the way this all shook out. Tim, how much more confident are you today after Lopez and Middleton returned to Milwaukee that Giannis is going to stay there long-term? Well, look, I think if you're the Bucks, I'm not worried about long-term, right? That's why I wasn't really worried about how much they were paying those guys in the short term because – you need to have a championship-level team for Giannis right now, right? And by bringing back Chris Middleton and bringing back Brooke Lopez, the Bucks have arguably the best team in the NBA. I know they lost to Miami in the first round, but it was kind of a fluky series. They blew a couple massive leads. Giannis uh, got hurt and missed basically the first three games. Like, if they win that series, they very well might have gone on to win the title, right? So I'm not worried about three years from now on any front with the, the, how much these contracts are going to be worth or how good these guys are going to be or where Giannis is going to be at. To me, this was about trying to maximize your chance of winning in 2020, the 23-24 season, because this is sort of like when LeBron was in Cleveland. You've got a shelf life where you've got arguably the best player on the planet on your team, and you've got to go all in and make sure your team is good enough to win. The Bucks did that. That's why I think they're the biggest winner so far in free agency, because to go back to the Laker conversation we just had, right? The Bucks ensured their championship equity is as high as it can be. And I, I think that if you're a team with these kind of aspirations, that is what your goal has to be. Same reason why Miami and Philly need to try to get Dame done. Because if you add Dame Lillard to your team, you are adding a piece that can help you for sure win a championship. And when, you, when you're fighting in that stratosphere, that has to be 
the lens through which you're looking at the moves you're making. Is this getting us closer to winning a title? The fact that Middleton and Lopez are back there, it keeps Milwaukee as close to winning the title as it can be. Tim, great stuff as usual. Appreciate it, brother. Thanks. Anytime, guys. Talk to you again soon. Drink Tim Bontemps, ESPN NBA writer. Here I'm on the Hoop Collective podcast with Brian Windhorst and with Tim McMahon. Let's hit it. 888-SAY-ESPN. Trey, up first, ESPN Radio. Trey, what's up, brother? Hey, what's up, guys? I just, I got to say, first off, Miami is the most desperate team for Dame Dollar. I'm a diehard Heat fan. We just made it to the finals with the replacements, basically. And we actually won a game against the best team in the NBA. So if you bring Dame Dollar down the down the South Beach, we are over the hump. We have the team that we need. Yeah, we gotta see how it shakes out with trading Tyler Hero and and Duncan Robinson and getting rid of Kyle Lowry. However, it has to happen. Whatever picks we got to give up, it is win now for us. And with those three, that big three, we can put whoever else around in heat culture, and we'll do that thing that we need to do to beat Jokic and everybody else. And I'm so sorry for all the Philly fans out there, but y'all can't have them. We need them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to lie. It caught me off guard when Tim Bontemps said that the, the Sixers and the Heat are in the same spot because from a culture standpoint, those organizations are worlds away. Yeah. And, and we know this. Like It feels like – the Miami Heat can find a way to be competitive even if they don't get Damian Lillard. Yeah, it might not lead to a championship, but I have a hard time discounting a team that's been to two NBA Finals over the last four years and a team that has a dogged superstar player like Jimmy Butler and a scrappy big like Bam Adebayo. So I, I, I get where Tim is coming from in terms of you know title aspirations and realizing a championship, but it just feels like of the two teams – Philly has to be the more desperate of the two, right? They've had this second-round ceiling on them for the last four or five years, and it's going to take a guy like Damian Lillard in order for them to break through. Is this an actual name, Cam? Yeah. He called the morning show as well today. Busy day for him. Airline food in Charlottesville, Virginia on ESPN. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for having me on. Why? Why is it airline food? Why? (laughs) <laughs> because I'm nasty in the head. All right. I think he's a, a basketball player. Go ahead. Yeah. So, so listen. I just need y'all to get a message to Dane for. Me. All right. There's already been the blueprint. I don't know if he knows this, but there was a player that previously took his talents to South Beach, got the blueprint on how to win, was able to win a couple championships, and take it back home. If that's if that's what's the ultimate goal. The only advice I got for him is just don't have a press conference. Uh, with a flannel shirt on in the gym. All right, leave that part. <laughs> with Jim Gray. <laughs> Listen, I, I, going to Miami for Dame seems like a no-brainer, okay? Mm. I don't know that I would call LeBron and ask about it, can't you? Because I think the first thing LeBron's going to try to do is, uh, you know, want to try to force the Lakers to find a way to get Dame to go there, even though that's virtually impossible at this point. Yeah, let me tell you what's not going to happen. Damian Lillard going to the Los Angeles Lakers. But to that caller's point, when Pat Riley has two all-NBA caliber players on his team, he wins championships. Like, we saw that with LeBron and D-Wade. Like, when you have two all-NBA caliber players, Pat Riley's going to find a way to win. They'll fill in the pieces around the roster. They'll find a way to offset the loss of Gabe Vincent and Max Struess, all of those different things. 
that's not going to be an issue for them. That organization already knows how to do that. They had four undrafted players in their playoff rotation on the way to the finals. So they'll find a way to get other players around their three stars. But if you give him Damian Lillard as your best player and Jimmy Butler as your second best player and Bam Adebayo as your third best player, yeah, they're going to find a way to, to get to a championship and, dare I say, compete with the Denver Nuggets in the NBA Finals. I, I think they have that ability, if they can stay healthy, to be able to do that. Deshaun, up next, ESPN Radio. What do you say, Deshaun? Hey, man. Uh, so, it's obvious. The obvious answer is Philadelphia, Miami. More or less Miami, because Philly's not getting away Tyrese Maxey. But uh, what is still in the back of my head is what Ramona tweeted about how Dame Lillard got respect and love for the Spurs. It just reminds me of the Tim Duncan, Tony Parker type deal because you have the generational talent and Victor down down there already. I feel like that could be a great pairing. But pre- appreciate the love, y'all. See, here's the thing, Canty. Uh, as much as the Blazers determine where he goes, I don't think they're going to uh, ship him to someplace that he wants no part of. And I'm sure that he has respect for San Antonio. But do you think at this point, Dame Lillard wants to go to San Antonio? I mean, do Hell we think, no. Hell oh, no. Do we if think that Portland, Webin Yama right now is ready to win a title? If you're leaving Portland, it's about winning a championship, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you don't know what Victor Webinyama is or isn't going to be. I mean, do we think that Victor Webinyama in his rookie season can be a number two on a championship winning team? Mm. Is this guy Magic Johnson? Like I like, no, it's not. I, I don't. I don't see that happening. So, why, if you're Dame, would you want to go with the potential of the San Antonio Spurs and Victor Webinyama versus something already ready-made for you to compete for a championship with the Miami Heat? That just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. And if, if you're Dame, I get it. Webinyama could be a tremendous player. Dame doesn't have time. Clock's no. ticking. Got to no. go. Got to go. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play.
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny, the podcast. Always getting into who's the best, right? Sometimes it's not nearly as interesting as who's awful. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. In for Greeny, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. It is the ESPN Radio NFL Rankem. And today, Canty, I have been charged with ranking the five worst NFL teams in the league. From the top five NFL quarterbacks. So badly want to bring Super Bowl here to Buffalo. Herbert rolling right, throws, touchdown. To the top five NFL fan bases. We're ranking the top of everything in the NFL. This is ESPN Radio's Rank Them, the top five worst teams. Number five. The Indianapolis Colts, we really could just make number five the AFC South. (laughs) Let's just take them all and put them all right in there because number four is a member of the AFC South. But the Indianapolis Colts, Canty, here's what concerns me. They actually have some interesting playmakers on offense. I've always been a Michael Pittman fan. Uh, I certainly like Jonathan Taylor. Is it going to be healthy? Okay. Uh, But at the same time, you've got Gardner Minshew. You've got Anthony Richardson. I think Richardson's got a chance. But I I need to remind everybody that Anthony Richardson has started one year in college. And it's going to take a little bit more time than that. And the Colts defense just frankly doesn't do a whole lot for me. And one more thing. Who is protecting the blind side of the quarterback this year? Bernard Raymond. Bernard Raymond. Reinman. 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 Excuse me. Reinman, yeah. Yeah. Canty, I I understand that he was a third-round pick last year. Mm -hmm. He's also somebody that was a walk-on tight end not too long ago at Central Michigan. I I don't know that I could feel great about that situation. So I'm going to go number five with the Indianapolis Colts. Number four. The Houston Texans, I said, AFC South. Now, I I like what's going on. I love C.J. Stroud. Uh, I am excited to see John Mechie come back uh, and see what kind of player he can be after everything that he has been through. Love Will Anderson. This is just going to take some time. I think they're on the way back. I think they're on the right path. I love D'Amico Ryans. But they're still going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL this year. Number three. Boy, can't he. You know who's going to be bad? Hmm. The Rams. <laughs> Rams going to be bad. I mean, they're going to be all, bad on purpose, though. I think they're going to be bad on purpose. Yeah, could be, but yeah. that doesn't that doesn't usually mesh too well with Sean McVay. But at the same time, I don't expect Stafford to be able to stay healthy. Frankly, I'm kind of wondering why he's still playing at this point when you've been through what you've been through with the neck injury and such. Their O line is not great. They still have Cooper Cup. I don't feel awesome about everything else and. I think there's a discussion to be had at some point as to whether or not Aaron Donald wants to try to go get another championship before he packs it in. He may not. It may not be important as important to him as playing in L.A., but I think the Rams have a chance to be a really bad team this year. They're going to have a shot at the number one pick, can't he? I mm. really believe that. And it would be the first one they have in a long time. Number two. The Buccaneers. And you might say, why? Well, yes, they still have Mike Evans and playmakers on offense. But 
Uh, and they're still not awful defensively, but Baker Mayfield, can't he? Can I really put anything into that? They are another team that it feels to me is trying to be bad. I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have an excellent chance to be a really bad team this year. And they still need work to do. I still have plenty of work to do with overcoming what happened on their offensive line the last couple of seasons. So with all of that in mind, the Bucks. They're going to be awful. Number one. Oh, Canty, I can sum this up in three words. <laughs> that is Jonathan Gannon. That is the Arizona Cardinals. Shots. Explosives. Explosives. You can run. Yeah, that's Jonathan Gannon, the leader of the worst team in all of the NFL. Cardinals talking about potentially... Uh, intentionally, I should say, being bad. I'll tell you, they're doing a hell of a job of it so far. They really are. And I love Paris Johnson. Great pick. But look at the rest of that offense. Kyler Murray. Not great. Oh. oh. Not I don't know what great. James Conner's got left as a great running back, even though he scores a ton of touchdowns. Rondale Moore going to finally break out. What else is there? What am I missing here to be optimistic about? Is there anything? Is there anything? No, there's nothing to be optimistic about. But this is going to be a quarterback-rich draft in 2024. So if you're going to pick a time to be at because you're a team that needs a quarterback, this would be that time. As we talked about with the San Antonio Spurs and Victor Webanyama, it wasn't a bad time to be an awful team in the NBA the last couple of years. Same thing in the NFL. If it's a quarterback-rich draft on the horizon and you don't have one, probably a good time to pack it in, you know, save your owner some cash, and we'll go get him next year when we actually get a competent quarterback that has talent to be a difference maker. To me, that just seems like the obvious. So teams like the Rams and teams like the Cardinals, this is the right way to be. I, I know Les Snead coined the phrase F them picks, but right now he need them picks, especially that number one overall pick. Good. Good. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot wait. I cannot wait for awkward Jonathan Gannon and an atrocious football team this season. How do you think Jonathan Gannon, if they do end up with the number one overall pick, manages the Kyler Murray situation? Hey! Yeah, I don't know. Not well. <laughs> Not well at all. I will be entertained all year. What's up? for listening to Greeny the podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.